Honestly, that would be the funniest thing to do on LinkedIn is just to post Zemnus quotes as if they're like rising. <laughs> God, I wish I didn't already have a professional LinkedIn. God, <laughs> we can become influencers. Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm salty, but sweet. And this week, it's that time of the month again, folks. We watch Kingdom Hearts 358 in a half days. Before we talk about the most depressed children ever, remember you can help us on Mortified, the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, setting up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, are following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla, oh boy, we're in Aaron. it again. Yep. It's that time we, last time we covered Birth by Sleep, you know, we've been progressively making our way through the Kingdom Hearts canon, uh, and this is, hmm, this is gonna be a sticky one, I feel. You think so? Here's the thing. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 1, pretty straightforward story. A boy goes to Disney worlds and meets both Disney characters, Final Fantasy characters, and, uh, you know, has a, has a queer romance with his best friend. Um, in 358, uh, we really get into that Kingdom Hearts, like, well, here's the thing. This person's actually a clone of this person, but their memories are being siphoned through a puppet. Uh, and it's going to be very high concept. Uh, and I don't know how we're going to do the plot summary. <laughs> I'm going to try. Um, I would like everyone to know that in our notes, uh, Aaron did write under plot summary just the words, oh my god. <laughs> so that's the mood. Um, welcome to the Real Housewives of Castle Oblivion. Oh. Um, so we start with Axel, who we know well, um, part of Organization 13, which is the organization of nobodies that appears for the first time in Chain of Memories and then Kingdom Hearts 2. And they get a new member whose memories are kind of janky. This is Roxas, but this is pre-Kingdom Hearts 2 Roxas. This is Roxas, what he was trying to remember in the prologue of Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, he's special because he can use a Keyblade. All of the Organization 13 members train Roxas like it's his first retail job, dispassionately, knowing the gig is shit, but having a bunch of corporate-mandated bullshit to say along the way. Um, Organization 13's mission is very funny because um, it changes every game. Uh, it is the most inconsistent part about Kingdom Hearts, and there's a lot of retconning happening all the time. In this game, it is to connect to Kingdom Hearts so that they can all have hearts. Whether or not a nobody has hearts is like... Don't even start, because it's yes and no and no and yes. Nobody knows. Not they even do, them. but not at this point in the canon. <laughs> yeah, it's got two more retcons before we get there. Then we get Organization 13's 14th member, which is how you know that they did not plot this franchise out. Um, Shion, Axel, Roxas, and Shion become this game's trio. Every game has a trio. This is 358s. Um, their whole thing is they eat sea salt ice cream together on the tower, the clock tower in Twilight Town, and you can gauge their moods by whether or not they are present and how enthusiastically they are eating the ice cream. 
Um, the entire time, there's a bunch of petty gay betrayal happening in the Organization 13 ranks. People disappear, reappear, die on die, go to Castle Oblivion, which might as well be a farm upstate. Um, people also start dreaming of Riku, who is really just there to get his boyfriend back, Sora. And Diz and Naminé are trying to make sure Sora gets his beauty sleep so that his boyfriend can have him back. Um, we start to piece together that Shion is a part of Sora's heart that is molding herself to look like a Hot Topic version of Kairi, which, as I was telling Aaron, is very funny because they say that Shion is the version... How Sora remembers Kairi, which... Not very accurate, my boy. Who are you paying attention to? so, so different than what Kairi actually looks like. Um, so also the... weird thing about Xion, other than that she can also use a keyblade, is that sometimes when people look at her, they see other faces. So the only person who really sees Xion as she is, is Roxas. Um, fucky shit starts happening with Roxas and Xion's memories. It's revealed that Xion is supposed to be copying Roxas's powers as the other heart harvester, basically, for the uh, organization. But because they are both part of Sora, it's it's like a, a an overwhelmed USB splitter, like they're just taking too much energy out of the boy. Um, so Roxas starts to get worn out when Xion gets stronger. Xion can feel her uh, whole being kind of dissolving, and she leaves. Um, she already left once and got brought back. She's leaving again. Axel is so emotionally constipated that he won't just say what he means to Roxas. All the girls start fighting about this. Xion goes to nominate for help. Axel gets sent to fetch Xion alive, or else someone will kill him. Um, the plot gets so wild at this point and has so much canon franchise legwork that it has to do that Roxas has a whole scene where he is laying on his bed and recounting the plot for us and how it connects to Sora and the gang. Um, Xion agrees to become part of Sora again when she's talking to Naminé. Axel and Xion fight. He brings her back to the organization. Xion and Roxas fight at the clock tower because Xion needs to absorb Roxas back into herself slash Sora. Roxas uh, fights Xion as like a nobody angel mech thing. Um, And then while she is dying, uh, she becomes part of Sora again. Um... Uh, uh, so then um, this this is where it gets kind of confusing as if the whole thing hasn't been <laughs> Roxas then goes to try to engage with Kingdom Hearts because he thinks that opening Kingdom Hearts is going to give everyone their hearts back and then him, Axel, and Xion can be together again Riku fights him to stop him because he needs Sora to stay asleep um and uh, he also is able to call out to Sora through Roxas to kind of prove that they're part of the same existence. Um, in order to beat Roxas, Riku changes into Ansem. Terra is there at the Guardian. We covered this last episode. It gets real weird. And then as Riku defeats Roxas in the end, Xion's memory disappears. And then 358 leaves off. And uh, the epilogue is Roxas waking up at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2. How did I do? That was very well done for the absolute shit show that this plot was. Um, so, bravo to you. Um, God, where do we even begin? Uh, I think with the lads. I suppose so. Um, we are going to be foregoing our um, traditional uh, best boy deserves better and um, fuck off framework, except for a, we'll, we'll, we'll mention the new characters and maybe some of the old characters and where their, their positions shift on that chart. Um, 
But let's start with Roxas, you know, Sora's nobody slash, you know, sweet baby Jesse McCartney. Uh, right now, he can only use a single keyblade like he does in the beginning of um, Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, he doesn't get that cool double keyblade. Um, basically, you know, the, the game shows us his developing relationship with Axel. Like, he, he starts to be able to remember his name and, and everybody else's name and... You know, over the course of it, we see like how deeply attached he becomes to Axel and then Shion, um, just because like he's working constantly. They, there's only like two canonical days where they uh, have days off. Um, so very sad for this poor teenager to have to do murder for a living um, and to have a roof over his head. But like, uh, this is where we get the the iconic Kingdom Hearts like ice cream stuff. Not that that wasn't already a thing. In Kingdom Hearts 2, but they really hammer it home with Axel and Roxas eating ice cream on this this clock tower in Twilight Town all the time. Um, and there's just like some days where you know Roxas is like, "Oh, where is everybody? Oh, no one's here," and he just eats ice cream sadly. And like, but yeah, I mean, we already know who Roxas is. Um, so like, this is a very strange game, right? We his character doesn't change that much i don't know if it gets that much deeper either i mean i feel like it does actually get deeper i like the relationship that he develops with shion and axel because like it does show who he was before kingdom hearts 2 happens and like you know what when you get that part at the end where shion dies like you know you kind of grieve for the relationships that he's lost you know especially you know we talk about how the opening of kingdom hearts 2 is just so sad because rox is so alone and like you know that i think that does a better job of what uh 358 is doing here which is like roxas is depressed and struggling with the concept of you know having friends and and not having to be alone and um you know i think the great strength of this game is showing how roxas and the other nobodies absolutely are people absolutely have feelings and are just like kind of forced by our, our bad guys to to shove those away and try to get over their weird nebulous goal and the ways in which that like they just absolutely um you know harm themselves and each other in the process and you know i think it's a it's a story about uh, you know trying to make friends very desperately um and you know struggling to define yourself in their absence yeah it's definitely one of those games that has a budget of two dollars they used it on three shots i can count them as like shion's death shion falling off the clock tower and like one other thing um yeah so i I definitely agree with that and yeah if roxas has to do one more thing by himself i will just start crying he is the most pitiable baby i've ever seen in my life i love him so much um and that's just like on top of like, I agree with literally everything you said that's just on top of your very smart analysis of Roxas. I think the the interesting thing about Roxas versus Sora as, like, part of the same kind of existence, I guess, at first, um, Roxas gets angry. We really don't see Sora getting... He gets frustrated, but he never gets, like, mad enough to do something stupid. Roxas was about to turn the world order upside down because he was so pissed. Yeah, I mean, I think that is Roxas's defining character trait is is his frustration and anger, right? We we even see that in Kingdom Hearts two, right, where he like straight up says to Diz, "I hate you so much," and Diz is like, "Yeah, you should share some of that anger with Sora. He's way too nice for his own good." Um, 
and like we do get flashes of that especially with uh Syx, um as we'll, we'll talk about in, in a bit but like even the bits where he confronts axel over um you know the ways that i mean axel is ordered to to capture shion and like there's a bit where axel just karate chops shion in the back of the head and knocks her out and roxas is like hey axel i'm gonna fucking kill you why did you do that and axel's like i i don't know how to talk about my feelings and this is why me and Syx broke up and oh boy oh boy oh boy um it's you know i i think i think the character work between uh roxas and and axel and and shion is very good and and we they do have well axel and roxas have distinct personalities and and i like the ways that they they do that in this game i am so excited to play kingdom hearts 3 because like when i played it I had had the baseline knowledge of the whole canon, but, like, I I don't know. When there's so much information, I have so much trouble absorbing it. And we've had months of time to just, like, discuss it and talk about it and, like, all the canon implications and do a little bit of theorizing. And I'm genuinely so excited to get into these characters for, like, the quote-unquote final installment with, like, a renewed context and sense of meaning for the story. It's going to be very juicy. Um, Yeah, we just got to get through Dream Dog Distance first. (laughs) One more, and then, yeah, and then three. Mm-hmm. Um, Axel is my favorite Kingdom Hearts character. This has not changed. He is kind of mopey, kind of messy, but he is, I th- honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if his popularity was part of the reason why nobody's ended up having hearts. Because <laughs> he <laughs> he's, like, genuinely, like, a caring... Yes, emotionally constipated, but, like, the amount of ways he goes out of the way. I still think about uh, uh, the scene in Kingdom Hearts 2 where he quote-unquote dies um, and how, like, the reason he helps Sora is because he misses Roxas so much. Like, that really gets us context in this game. He goes out of his way for Roxas and then because of Roxas for Shion. Like, it is, it's a lie. It's, I really love him. I think he is, I think you and I talked about this while we were watching it, but like, some of the most well written motivation in this entire franchise. Just a genuinely, like, good, complicated, conflicted character. Yeah, like where we see, you know, the the reason that Sora fails as a character is because we are supposed to believe that his whole motivation is for Kairi. Um, but like it is obviously the way it is written, it's entirely for Riku. Um, and that's why Sora is not necessarily as strong as a character as he could be. Um Axel far and away does make the most sense, right? Um th- there are bits in this story where like he will you know, disobey orders from the organization, or, you know, he will get into fights with Saix over, you know, what to do about Shion. But, like, I think the strongest bits are are when Axel is, like, learns the information, which is that if he does not try to, if he, if Shion is not destroyed, Roxas will stop existing. And he makes the deduction and even says it straight up to Shion, like, if you aren't destroyed, you know, like, Roxas is gonna, dis- like, disappear, and I... I don't know what to do about that. You know, you have to make your own choice, but you know, if I'm ordered to, I'll, I'll come and bring you back. Um, and, and like his, the way that the Axel behaves is so, is so good. I feel, um, you know, you can see like how he, he interacts with Roxas as far as just like buying him ice cream every day. And, you know, there's, there's a bit where, you know, they're talking about how 
you know, their best friends after a period of Axel just being like, oh, I don't have a best friend. And then, like, you know, fast forward 100 days, he's like, well, you and she aren't my best friends. Um, And, like, watching Axel not only come to grips with the fact that he, you know, very, very deeply cares about Roxas, but also the fact that, like, you know, he is con- he is so conflicted over his love for Roxas versus, like, the fact that Shion is killing him. Um, I think it's done very well. Well, because when he goes to get Shion the final time... He says, he's like, something about this sucks. Yes. And that's, like, one of the first times in this franchise for children that a character is faced with a very complicated, not at all black and white situation. Because, you know, like, in all the other... I think what makes 358 unique is that in all the other games, you have a good and an evil, right? It's always good, the light, Sora, versus evil, whether that be Org 13, whether that be whatever iteration of Ansem we're fighting, right, or the Heartless or whatever. Um, but in this game, you are only exploring the inner machinations of one side of that dichotomy. So uh, it gets interesting, right? Because then you have to delve into the question of like, not what's good or evil, but what do these characters want? So it's like one of the only times a character in this franchise acknowledges like, this is a complicated situation, and this sucks. And it's good. Axel is both being like, yeah, I, you know, it, it probably would have been better if you hadn't been created, so that way, you know, Roxas wouldn't be having all these problems, you know. Both Roxas and Shion both, like, pass out and fall into comas multiple times in this game. Um, so that's where Axel's coming from. But also, he's like, I don't want to do this because I've grown to care about you, and and I'm like, you know, we don't unfortunately don't get a whole lot of like Axel and Shion just talking amongst themselves, but we do get some of it and it's pretty cute. Um, and it, you know, it, it is pretty heartbreaking when it all comes comes crashing down. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Speaking of Shion, uh, I love her. <sighs> she deserves so much better, but I love yes. her. Um, of course, falls into the category of no Mora women, which is like doesn't really have much of a personality besides just like you know cares about uh the main character um and then just gets absolutely destroyed as far as like you know i mean literally destroyed in some instances um but also just like doesn't get a whole lot of opportunities although we do get some great stuff with her and roxas like learning how to use the keyblade and sharing the keyblade and covering for each other at work so they meet their you know heartless killing quota um i just mm, Nominate gets done so dirty and Shion gets done so dirty because like there is a they made this whole game the thing is that they made this whole game to retcon in a new character and as well as to create some backstory for for Roxas and Axel and they made this whole new character up just to kill her and make her not literally no one remember her like they they retcon in a reason why nobody remembers her and it's so it sucks so bad well because okay yeah so she's she is again part of sora who looks like Kyrie because she she is the part of sora that is the memory of Kyrie. it's layers hang with us mm-hmm. but like i hate to say it but, like, you're right. She really didn't need to be here because she's not given anything to do. Um, and it sucks on two planes because it sucks on the plane of... I like Shion a lot. I think she's interesting. I think she, you know, 
it grapples with that like existential question that sometimes Kingdom Hearts is like this close to grappling with, which is like, what does it mean to exist? And like, how much do you actually need to sacrifice for your friends and for your loved ones? The Kingdom Hearts is like narrative strength. A lot of the times lies in the fact that like a lot of the, the uh, sacrifices that you have to make in the plot are not necessarily in the context of romance. Like there's no explicit romance. It's always no in the context. No one's ever kissed in a Kingdom Hearts game, yeah. Yes, it's always in the in the context of, like, how much will you sacrifice for your friends, right? Even though there's, like, incredible undertones, powerful undertones. Um, but it does feel like, speaking of undertones, it really feels like she was written in because... Because they needed a trio, like you said earlier. Well, because it didn't... <sighs> she wasn't in there it would be like the gayest game oh no you're right yeah um because that's why they had to make it a trio because you know that that's why Kyrie exists too right uh is because otherwise it's a story about two boys on an island trying to escape um and like yeah i right Sheon is so interesting right because they make her incredibly sympathetic and likable and like fun there there are instances you know there are very cute instances with her like playing with roxas and you know there, there's a cutscene of her and axel and and roxas all like shoving each other on the on the tower and you know the i think the greatest uh medium f- for experiencing the story is the 358 uh, over two days manga if you can find that on the internet because you get a lot more character with not just Xion but all the other org 13 members that we're not going to mention because they just got little exposition dump title cards um which is annoying but like Xion is interesting because even as a character who doesn't really do anything besides like find out that she was created explicitly to be Sora and then sacrifices herself for Roxas and Axel uh and, and Sora I guess you know she still gets a lot of like we we are made to feel for her because of the way other people treat her i feel like like it's the way that you know both Zemnis and Syx refer to her as it uh, multiple times like explicitly trying to be like oh these people are dehumanizing her devaluing her you know and Roxas has to constantly reassert like she's a person what the fuck and like there is something there you know replicas are going to become very very important in Kingdom Hearts 3 but like there is something there about like how they struggle for personhood and how these people who don't believe they have hearts despite the fact that they are feeling everything and are are people you know uh quote unquote you you know i feel like like you said kingdom hearts is playing on the in that space of trying to talk about like a philosophical concept like personhood like what it means to inhabit a body you know who gets to decide who is a person and like the way that they they make the audience feel so sympathetic about how she um who is not even uh, is not even really a per- is a synthetic person, right? You know, she's a person that has been has memories put into her, which you know, depending on how our, our own personal theory of of Kingdom Hearts is, like we might de- determine that that cre- makes her a person because she has a heart. But like, yeah, it's. I think it is very interesting that they they both succeeded in making Shion a likable and and fan favorite. Like, you know, when Shion, I, I hope that in future games we see more of Shion because i love Shion as a as a character but also you know her whole personality unfortunately revolves around roxas and sora and axel 
Yeah, I think uh, we can kind of get into Xemnas here and connect what I think something really interesting you just said about Chion. And like Xemnas, all we really have to say about him uh, is that he talks like a Redditor and he's a LinkedIn CEO in like the worst way possible. Um, It's in Xemnas's interest for the mission that he established for Org 13 that the nobodies believe that they're not people. Right. So it's in his interest to dehumanize Shion. And it's in Roxas's character to get mad about that, right? So like you're right. There is inherently something there. Like there's a conflict of interest, there's a conflict of like your mission, your friends, and like, you know, you could build in that like slice of lifey kind of going out to do work errands with your cool new work friends beginning of the game and like building that trust and then having it collapse because you're like wait no it's more important to me that my best friend has personhood and her not having personhood inherently conflicts with the mission of my job right um and kind of if they wanted to introduce the personhood of a nobody start talking about you know like that I think honestly the problem that this runs into is that this franchise wasn't planned out <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. just there is a rewrite of Kingdom Hearts that could exist that is like I mean it, it could be Kingdom Hearts right it, but a rewrite of a story like this without the Disney gimmick and without the um messy retconning that is like a, a competent exploration of personhood for children right uh but unfortunately, this has been written over 20 years, retconned seven times to Sunday, and, you know, it's kind of a mess. And again, unfortunately, Shion, while she gets more to do than Kyrie, though not as much to do as Naminé, uh, which we, we, we'll say like Naminé is the most, I'll say, like, completely written woman in Kingdom Hearts, um... Which is to say, barely written, but still. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, like, it it just, it's that thing of, like, if you don't write a woman enough and you, like, super develop these relationships between all your men, like, you know, we have Sykes on this character list. And, like, the amount of ex-boyfriend energy that Axel and Sykes have is in palpable. There are so many points where Sykes is like, wow, it's not like you to to act like this or like, oh, doesn't the past mean anything to you? And like there are also there's like one time where Sykes like comes into Axel's bedroom to confront him and Axel is just like with his hands back, just like kind of like looking back at him. And there's the sexual tension between Sykes and Axel is off the charts. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> uh, it's it's wild. <laughs> not you know whenever we talk about like sometimes when i talk about the queerness in kingdom hearts like i'm kind of joking but again if shion wasn't there this would be the gayest game even with shion she was like a baby lesbian the, the gayest game i have ever seen it's it's a lot um but if you are if you for some reason are listening to our kingdom hearts lore deep dive and you <laughs> If you started at the part, uh, if you've gotten to this game, I mean, like, you are you are in. You understand the inherent queerness of Kingdom Hearts, so I applaud you for that. The inherent queerness of Kingdom Hearts, uh, name of my uh, new album. Thank you. Coming out uh, <laughs> December 358. Um, uh, real quick, let's wrap up so we can play the game. Um, 
uh, uh, Riku, uh, he has moved into fuck off in this game. He's in the fuck off column. His ranking has changed. Um, Diz, as always, rancid vibes. Namine, as always, deserves better. Um, Aaron. Okay. You've prepared so, a game. Yes. We were complaining about Zemnis in this when we were watching because he talks with these long, drawn out sentences and metaphors. And even at 1.25 speed, he still sounded like he was droning on and on. Uh, and at first, Layla was like, this guy talks like a Redditor, which I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. But then Layla was like, he talks like a CEO on LinkedIn. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> let's put that to the test. So I have created a short game in the middle of our podcast to test Layla's knowledge about uh, both the Kingdom Hearts quotes and also um, <laughs> how Zemnis talks. So I have for us one, two, three, four, five quotes. Um, Layla, you're going to tell me who you think said this, either Zemnis or somebody on LinkedIn. Oh, okay, let's see. Let's figure it out. I'm going go. to read all of them in my best Zemnis impression, so, you know, bear with me. <clears throat> Every new day, there was something terribly planned for me. I was tired, exhausted, but there was still one option. The mere idea that I had is the only reason why I decided to choose everything that my heart wanted. That's a LinkedIn CEO. It is a LinkedIn CEO. <clears throat> um, next one. My friends, remember why we have organized. All the things we hope to achieve. The strength of the human heart is vast. That one's kind of tough, but it's a Zemnis. Yes, it's Zemnis. Okay. Uh, doing well so far. When we are chosen and appointed and it's our destiny, we must adjust our plans and walk in it. Zemnis? Uh, no. <gasps> <laughs> That's a Hassan Kingsbury who is a pastor on, on LinkedIn. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Um, I cut out all the parts where he said God, but yeah, that destiny bit was in there. <laughs> um, how can you not see how perfect this is? In truth, this is more than perfect. We are marching right into the arms of destiny, but to destiny's own time. A LinkedIn, that's a LinkedIn CEO. That's Zemnis, baby. Uh, instead of we are, it's Shion is marching right into the arms of destiny. But yeah. Uh, and last one, my favorite. <clears throat> Birth reflects both pain and happiness. That's Zemnis. Nope, that's H E Denisa Goviki, a consultant on LinkedIn. Two out of five, baby! Oh my god! <laughs> you were right, Zemnis does talk like a LinkedIn CEO. Two out of five! I was looking for keywords, like like the march of time, I was like, mm, I don't know. Um, anything with like destiny. The first one was a giveaway because Zemnis would never let people know he was tired. That bitch yes, is... Yes, that's true. That bitch is up at five in the morning, like, uh, uh, Charlie very much Mio. rise and grind. <laughs> a 
was gonna say like Charlie D'Amelio and uh, uh, or is it Charlie? Whichever TikToker is and he's all that, you know, doing a full face of makeup and then live streaming him waking up like time to rise and grind with like perfect foundation and like dramatic eyeliner as if he woke up like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. No, I specifically searched for keywords like heart and destiny, <laughs> uh, and that's what I found. Wow. <laughs> and then also I just happened to find some one that said a birth reflects both pain and happiness because this lady was talking about her birthday. Um, and I was like, that's the most fucking Kingdom Hearts bullshit that I've ever seen. That is the most LinkedIn shit I've ever heard in my life. Oh uh, my god. So, um, wow. in this, in this uh, single blind study, uh, we have proved that <laughs> uh, fucking three out of five times it is impossible to distinguish Zemnis conversation <laughs> from LinkedIn conversation. Honestly, that would be the funniest thing to do on LinkedIn is just to post Zemnis quotes as if they're like rising. <laughs> God, I wish I didn't already have a professional LinkedIn. God, we can become influencers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm going to get my next job. Jesus oh, Christ. Fuck. All right. Um, you know, because this game is so convoluted and, and difficult to understand, we don't have too many talking points, but I think we are going to address some some interesting bits here. Uh, I mean, I kind of actually want to start with the one that I brought up earlier, um, and then we can get into to the good ones. But like, thinking about the CEO corporate bullshit that just exists in this game, the, the structure of this game is like an or like a weird office that, you know, is always working and understaffed and has lots of drama i think that the main i think that layla you could have solved organization 13's um problem with shion because like they they come to this conclusion at the end that like either shion or roxas has to destroy one of one of the other they uh, one of them only one of them can survive um and like the fact is they were working on shion at the same time like as they discovered roxas and like as as somebody who is a you know producer professionally like i think that you could have just been like hey hey boys we we got to communicate we our departments have to get this timeline because we're we're working towards the same objective here yeah i mean like i absolutely a competent producer could have solved it but like even if you if you came in you know sheepishly the teams present like hey um <sighs> lexius missed an email and so like we kind of have another person now, you know, I know we're supposed to be organization 13, but like there was some room in the budget and, you know, nobody got CC'd. So like, we kind of have Shion now. Um, Demix even- is the, Demix <laughs> is the fucking designer and he's throwing a fit in the background. Like we're going to have to redo the logos and everything. <laughs> oh my. He does have really big, like uh, uh graphic designer energy, but um, it's, it's very like, fellas, all you do is give each of them a three-day work week, alternating, and one day off. There you go. Roxas gets to chill while Shion goes to work. So he's like a battery, you know, he's sitting there and Shion does the work. And then Shion chills in as the battery and Roxas goes to do the work. And then you give them both one day to just vibe, you know? Eat and then neither of them have 32 hours, so they don't qualify for benefits. It's genius. It's genius. You don't have to give them health insurance or nothing. <laughs> Just sea salt ice cream as a perk. 
Oh, and a, a, a family, a family-based corporate culture. Uh, Orc Thirteen is absolutely a horrible startup, but start, started it by the worst LinkedIn bastard. Absolutely a terrible startup. Um, and Araxis is right to want to run it because it is like, like I honestly would not be surprised if I heard about a like, uh, uh quote unquote like. You know how, like, sometimes uh, uh, Silicon Valley reinvents the bus or some shit? Like, a startup like that that's like, you can come and live in our communal work living space. And um, we have dorms and and we're like a family. And, like, that's Organization 13, 1,000%. And I guess, like, Diz is the venture capitalist pulling all the strings or, or Ansem. It's hard. It's hard to tell the difference between all those old men, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the all the old men are just the VCs investing in this bullshit, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, Kingdom Heart or Mickey Mouse under an LLC, so that we don't know mm-hmm. that he's mm-hmm. paying to torture these teens. Also, oh god. Um, let's get into the actual um, best part <laughs> of this. So we were we we talked about how like a lot of this game is delivered through um, exposition, just like title cards um i'm just gonna read this bit that comes like halfway through the game uh and then layla you can talk about uh the point um so we get we have this screen of of axel and roxas roxas is looking sad and axel is like talking to him roxas reflected on how shion was acting differently axel asked roxas what's wrong according to axel girls are complicated and there are buttons to avoid pressing (laughs) Again, y'all, I can't stress enough. I am not invested in fandom. I'm not part of any fandom communities, really. If I am, I'm very on the outskirts. I'm not very involved in shipping. Like, I have no horse in this race. I don't know how. I don't know why or when. Kingdom Hearts has some of the queerest writing I've ever seen in my life. It is like Axel doesn't understand women so aggressively that it somehow makes him even more gay. Again, if Shion and Kairi were like characters and not just plot devices, maybe the dynamic would be different. But the fact of the matter is that there were several times where Axel is like, first of all, again, cannot emphasize this enough. Him and Saix used to date. Like, I don't... It The ex-boyfriend tension is so severe. It is so palpable. You can, like, taste it in the air. Roxas and Saix get catty at each other all the fucking time as if they're, like... It's, in, it's nonsense. It's insane. Yeah, there's just a lot of, like... Uh, this bit where, where you know, Axel is, is talking to Roxas, he's like, oh, you know, girls are just complicated. But yeah, she's probably fine. Don't worry about it. Is It comes off so much as like him being like, oh, well, I'm worried about my weakening status because Roxas has been spending so much time with Shion. And now I don't want him to worry about her. Like, so that way he'll pay more attention to me. Like, it is so strange the way that these they interact. Like... Uh, there, there's, there's bits where Roxas literally is just like Axel. You know, is there something you couldn't bear to lose? Like, 
friends don't talk <laughs> like that to each other. Bellas, is it gay to uh, uh, sacrifice your life for your best friend, um, but as you're leaving, the last thing you can think to do is to make sure to leave the winning popsicle stick for your boyfriend so that he can get some free ice cream while he mourns your existence? Hey, fellas! <laughs> is it <laughs> The whole game is fellows as a gay. Like, I, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, uh, fucking, and then, like, Riku's there the whole time just to add a little bit more gay melodrama, because he's, like, you know, at one point, Shiona's, like, who's Kyrie And, and Riku's, like, someone important to Sora. Like, bitch, you can't even remember her face. <laughs> he goes to Turbo Hell to combine Keyblades with you. That's a preview for two months from now. Mm-hmm. Christ almighty. It's, it's, like, honestly, Aaron turned me on to, um, God, we, I need to go back on a moratorium of breaking this up. Um, but, uh, Aaron introduced me to Naruto Review 2, and, like, it's a podcast you should listen to. It's very funny. Uh, I, I'm not watching all of Naruto and Shippuden. It's too long. So therefore, I listen to a Ergo podcast. Um, but uh, <laughs> they brought up a point while they were watching the first part of Shippuden, which was like the whole cinematic first episode was Naruto confronting Sasuke and the sexual tension is insane and Sakura is just standing there like a guest. And like that is what that is what all of Kingdom Hearts feels like. A Kyrie pops up every once in a while. You're like, baby, where'd you come from? <laughs> I love you, but you have nothing to do. Um, so yeah, this is, I can't believe I'm saying this. This is the gayest one we've watched so far. I think three is slightly gayer. Yes, but only because of the rainbow swords. But we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> and Sora sacrificing himself, but it's fine. It's fine. It's literally so fine. Fellas! <laughs> Fellas. So, fellas, let's revisit our our theory of what a heart is. Hey, listeners, this is Aaron um, coming in with an editor's note. Uh, I'm currently editing the podcast for today after we recorded it last night. Um, And the bit you're about to hear is a montage of the conversation me and Layla had about what Kingdom Hearts is. Unfortunately, uh, we got a little lost in the sauce. And it's unlistenable. Absolutely unlistenable. It's a fucking nightmare. Uh, The good news is that uh, I took that nightmare and wove it into a beautiful dream for you, uh, which I hope will at least be funny. And you won't have to listen to our ramblings. Um, See you on the other side, folks. Thank you. And I'm so, so sorry. Okay. This game poses two questions. If a heart is memories what is kingdom hearts the the strongest light breeds the darkest darkness but they also refer to kingdom hearts as the fucking heart moon yes which is it nobody thought kingdom hearts was gonna get a sequel kingdom hearts we saw in kingdom hearts one is completely completely done with in canon if hearts Okay, if you when when your heart is consumed by darkness, you become a heartless. When heartless are destroyed, so when the darkness of hearts is destroyed and gathered in a specific place, which would still be inside Kingdom Hearts, but they're just like it's like separating oil and water almost. So Kingdom Hearts is a vinaigrette. 
Because when you kill a Heartless, the heart, you could see the heart going up towards Kingdom Hearts, right? If the Kingdom Hearts is the heart moon, you kill a Heartless, heart goes up towards Kingdom Hearts. But light, brightest light breeds the darkest shadow, and oh my fucking god, okay. So, there's, I guess, I guess my qu- Aaron! Yeah. What is this franchise? Is Kingdom Hearts, then, a place of collective memory in the sense that it is just like a place... Basically, okay, 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 nope, I, okay. The Keyblade helps separate the oil and the vin or the water, um, allowing the, the oil of the light, which is hearts, which is happy memories, to go to Kingdom Hearts and gather. The reason people are people and heartless are heartless individually is because on the like, on the like realm, right? The world realm, they're individuals, right? So I think you're onto something in the sense that when they go up there, they coagulate. And that's what's different. This is a coagulation of all that shit, <laughs> not individuals. Kingdom Hearts is a dam. Is boy soup. <laughs> this, these games are voice In Kingdom Hearts, you have to say it like Ansem, though, or like Sora at the end of Kingdom Hearts, so it's just, Kingdom Hearts is boy soup! <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. Oh, Nobody that god. dramatic is straight. Oh god, Layla, somehow we got through this one. Um, we will be back to our regularly scheduled um, podcast uh, next week. Is what it Death doing- Note next week? Oh no, please. I think it is. Oh no, it's death no. <laughs> I have been trying I've been waiting for this for Ugh, a year. It's it's only thirteen episodes, but I am personally going to suffer so much. Um so that's good. Well look forward to that um as we as we go closer and closer to the, the spooky season where we will eventually actually watch the live action Death Note and I guess listen to the musical. But um God Listeners, um, when we, we, we are not, plugs. Plugs. Yeah, yeah, when we are not um, on, just just torturing ourselves with wild theories about Kingdom Hearts is viscosity. Layla, where can people find <laughs> you on the internet? Uh, you can find my viscous self uh, at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter and Tumblr, uh, where I uh, just, you know, chit-chat. I am working on restarting my comic. I'm also looking for work, so it's just all kind of uh, all over the place right now. Aaron, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at AaronSXL, where I talk about healthcare and TTRPGs. Um trying to trying to slowly inch my way into the indie scene um if you like listening to me in particular uh and you also like listening to more queer voices uh you can listen to the other podcast i do at the bible boys um where me and my two uh queer friends who happen to be related um talk about christian media um we did an episode it was it was uh michael who has been on this podcast before um it was uh, his birthday this weekend so happy birthday uh, michael happy birthday michael Virgo um, King. so in instead of that uh me and josh just talked about the third crusade for a while uh so if you like a you know a little historical dip into into the reasons why i opened up my old catholic school textbook to see what catholics think about the crusades so if that's interesting to you uh, check that out uh our theme song is obsolete by keshko 
from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Well, Layla, as we close out this episode, you know what I think? You're the real sham. Fair enough. You could say I'm the biggest nobody of them all. (laughs) We'll see you all next week. (laughs) 